episode number three of Knockout Ginger with Chris Platt. He plays guitar, he works harder than you, he has more gigs than you, and we're going to talk about it. Email me at knockoutginger at gmail.com. F all the haters. I don't even know I don't even know what marketing is. Right. What's the difference between marketing and publicity? Do you know? I would think about like marketing is more of an overarching like umbrella term. Whereas publicity seems to be more be more focused. Like publicity seeks to better your marketing. But this isn't a hard definition that I've like heard an expert say. I, you know, I I think I I might know a job opening up <laughs> that I can recommend you for. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, like, if you look at a company that has specifically a record label company, or just any, sure. talking in general. Uh, I was talking more in general, but if we, yeah, keep it close to the record making, like you have, you have people that are, um, in charge of, you know, there's departments, whereas with us, like you're just in charge of the whole, the whole thing. Right. And like, do you ever feel like you, I feel like I'm spread so thin sometimes that in, in order to have like a real impact in one of those departments i don't know it's hard you know, like you need need people dedicated to yeah well uh, i mean the nice thing about my life is that i have nothing going on right now so i'm not super <laughs> i'm not spread that thin yeah i don't know i think that you did it the like shopping a record around that i don't think you can win right now yeah, don't you feel like we're in kind of a like this is the valley, and maybe there's a peak like coming somewhere in the future. Yeah, but, but I mean, you can. I shouldn't say you can't win. The winning is like making a thing that you're proud of, putting out some music that you're proud of. If yeah, if if we think about it on that uh, on that scale. It's super would, easy to win right now. I would say, like, even as a consumer, there's so much great music out there. Yeah. And new stuff that's coming all the time that I'm, like, so excited about. And, like, you know, it's inspiring and all that stuff. Um, but in terms of, like... I don't know, just just the bottom line of uh, making making a living doing this thing, being yeah. able to do this thing, being thirty and not living with your parents, yeah, <laughs> or like not having to uh, supplement it in some kind of way, you know? Yeah, and I'm not sure there are many 
people who aren't supplementing somehow. Yeah. Which is whatever. But I mean, you talked about this on, on another one where you tried to name name people that are like just doing music, like not teaching, not with another job. And like definitely if you if you think in our area, like physical area, there's so few people actually doing that. Yeah. It was the first one with Jill. Yeah, yeah. Uh and I had a hard time with that conversation because it sounded like to me it felt like we were like shitting on people who don't, but like we're all in the same boat, you know? Like whatever the word is, the point is that you're not for lack of a better term selling out by having more jobs it's just that it's so impossible right to not have other jobs i have another job yeah i i applied for another one <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, like it's a weird it's a weird time um I do find it encouraging that there are people out there, especially, I guess I've narrowed my scope into people that are essentially just touring as like instrumental guitarists. I guess that's what I'm focused on, right? Yeah. And to see that it still does exist might be, I guess it's always been a niche area to be in, but, um, to see that, you know, uh, Julian Lodge can perpetually just be on tour playing mostly original music, you know, pretty, like pretty reliably. It's encouraging. Yeah. But also he's like the best to ever do it. Yeah. He's like so, so competent at the guitar. It makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> or like not even it beyond guitar. So competent at music that I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess like it's hard it's hard from from our perspectives really know how good or how you know maybe it was kind of a myth how it looks like for us to look in the past and be like, you know, what did Jim Hall's career really look like? Was he thinking like, Oh, I got to stop doing all these restaurant gigs just to pay the bills. Yeah. I don't know. At yeah. this point I'm like, got to get some restaurant gigs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it, was it him that rented the, he rented an office? He rented an office space. Yeah. And just went there to practice every day. Yeah, he sort of did the uh, uh, the Sonny Rollins thing. What? Like, what? like the under the bridge. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Just took some time, practice. But but like also that like having a home and an office as a musician like things are you're doing fine. Can you imagine? <laughs> A place to live and an office space to rent. Yeah. That'd be incredible. What do you have coming up? Uh, As far as like what people can come to. People can come to. I've got so many like private things 
that no one is allowed to come to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm playing with, uh, playing with Marie Gowdy's band in July. Her, uh, I think it's almost a big band now. There's 15 people in it. So that's, wow. What's it called? I think it's called Marie Gowdy 15. 15? Yeah. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's about 15 people in the band. Did it, did she have a name before? I think it was Marie Gaddy 12 Tet. Right. Okay. She just had The people. name changes with the with amount of people in right. the band. Yeah. Um, for me, just because I do like so much teaching at this point in the year, it's... Uh, I'm just looking to the end of June. Um, because then I've got, I've actually got a few things, uh, I guess, depending on whenever this ends up coming out. But at the end of June, I'm playing at the Jazz Festival with Chelsea McBride. Um, we've got a few other things that week. Um, what, which, which band? Ah, good question. Um, it's the trio. So me, her, and, um, nice so i i guess the jazz festival is trying something new this year where uh they want mostly acoustic sounding bands throughout the city i i'm not totally sure what's going on yeah interesting i'm never yeah. sure what's going on <laughs> shout out toronto jazz fest <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, well, yeah. Trying, I love that thing. To, yeah. I guess it's like a, a couple, maybe a couple years now. How they put the stages kind of in Yorkville or wherever, the smaller stages. That's sweet. I like that a lot too. And you can like actually see a couple things if you want to go to the house for a couple hours yeah. instead of like traipsing around the city like a goddamn <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> yeah, like if you're, because uh, I think how, how they had it set up was. Um, do like an hour or an hour and a half you had that window of time and then yeah you could by the time that show was done you could walk to the next stage yeah and you could go see another show yeah and they were like starting yeah it was great so great rather than like how many people are gonna go to the Rex and the Jazz Bistro in a night yep you know you get more festival-esque yeah I super guess. great now yeah. if i could just get on it <laughs> good luck man i mean uh <laughs> it's uh so angela and i did the last couple years yeah. and with my band i did last year and this year i mean we applied again but nothing um man festivals festivals are on like for me anyways at this point i guess this this is where like marketing and a publicist come into play because um you need i guess you need someone else vouching for you in order to get into a festival because even uh a, another local festival i uh i talked to someone who w w helps book it and she was like yeah the whole thing is curated so the email i sent in applying for the festival is just like essentially going into a landfill yeah rubbish <laughs> but i get like 
I under I understand why you'd want to curate your festival. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But how how do you how do you get in there? You just gotta like keep your head down and do your thing. Keep I guess doing you just it. Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep doing it. We've talked about that a lot. Where it's like even just making, just doing this as a career. It's a game of attrition. Like you just do it more and more and more and you just watch people sort of drop off and realize that, Oh yeah, I should do something else. Right. This is obviously an insane way to exist. Yeah. I, but <laughs> even, even just that, like I've been back here for, I can't remember exactly like five or six months. Yeah. And the amount of people that have moved away since I've been here is interesting. Really? Eh? Yeah. Wow. When you say move away, do you mean like outside of the GTA or just like on the outskirts of the GTA? Out of the country? Other provinces, Other I believe. Other provinces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I mean, maybe they're... Who knows? Easier... Easier to pay rent in other cities yeah. and also smaller cities so like bigger bigger fish smaller ponds type scenario maybe yeah. they're maybe they're a couple of steps ahead of us i don't know by, um, doing, by making that move who knows but don't you think it's more it's kind of more fun just to try you know like yeah. you like you and i were lucky enough to, we went to great schools that we will not mention <laughs> Uh, for editing sake and um, if any if any schools would like to sponsor this podcast (laughs) we would love to say your names (laughs) shout Um, out all the businesses out there yeah (laughs) Um, you know we went to we went to good schools Um, we were involved in like physically in the right spaces being in Toronto and New York and uh you can still see that it's it's not there's no formula to it yeah. it doesn't it doesn't just like do this do that and then it works so but okay what, what i'm getting at is especially like we like i think at this point we can both say like we like what we do enough to keep doing it yeah and don't you think like the fun is m- more in just seeing where it goes yeah and it's super fun yeah nothing is we can't predict any like what's what's gonna happen and um like we're lucky enough to be able to try to do this yeah i think about that all the time where it's like you're so lucky to be able to try and be known musicians you know yeah not even known or just 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 exist as a musician busy musicians yeah (laughs) you know like even the opportunity to to do that is pretty neat like i i i feel a responsibility almost given how like geographically where we are and the education that i received 
um, if I was somewhere off, like doing a job or, you know, doing a job I didn't want to do, or I was in a country where I wasn't able to do this, I would think like, man, if, you know, whoever's got the opportunity to pursue a music career, they better like do it. Yeah. Cause it's so lucky and it's so rare. Yeah. To, yeah. Even, to even have the opportunity, you know, think about that all the time. So that's what keeps, or, you know, keeps my spirits up a lot of the time. Yeah. Not that I, I'm like way less bummed out than I've ever been about the, about this being a musician thing. Yeah. I think I mostly am too. Like it can't get much worse. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm serious. Like basically at the bottom and it, and it's fine. You know, like, yeah, I can, like it only gets better is my point. Right. And also you've made music that you're super proud of. And I've been able to make music that I'm proud of. And like, I've got, you know, this project coming up that I know is going to be, uh, something I'm, I'm like working towards. Right. Right. It's, it's something I'm probably going to be happy with at the end of it. Yeah. Because, well, you're obviously happy with it now or else yeah. you wouldn't be recording it. Exactly. So yeah. there's like, there's only so much. Like I would really have to mess things up. That's what I'm saying. They're like the, what we, I was trying to find the, the, uh, the saying that there's like only so much room for, there's only room for improvement. Like it can only go. Yeah. It can only go from here. Yeah. Right. So unless you spend like however many thousands of dollars making a record and then you just like lose the hard drive and it's gone forever. Yeah. It would, it would take something <laughs> like that for sure. Cause I mean, let's say, um, you know, spend a lot of money on, on this record. And, um, you know, the, the worst that can come of it is we have a good sounding record. You know, if no one listens to it and the, I don't know, the artwork looks like garbage, it's still going to, we know it's going to sound the way we want it to sound, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, do you have a producer? Yes. Yeah. On my first record, I didn't have a producer. I guess it was me. I don't even know if I credited myself with it. But uh, this next one, yes, we have a producer. It's Gord Sheard. Um, he knows a lot about Brazilian music. Who Who is that? He's on faculty at piano player. But yeah, I guess um, I should say, yeah, we're doing all... Um, it's going to be a Brazilian music album. But there's going to be some original music on it. There's going to be some couple of classics and then some more obscure uh, Brazilian tunes that have all been sort of reworked by Angela and I, uh, like new arrangements. So it's not, it's not going to be the, um, you know, 
because of that sort of thing has been done so many times, we really had to take a look at it and see like, what are we going to do different with this, you know, rather yeah. than be on, you know, one of those CDs. Do they still do that where they have CDs at Starbucks? I don't think they do, do they? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Um, Angela is, she's the person you play with that recently had a baby, correct? Yeah. Almost a year ago. That's still crazy, making a record a year after you have a kid. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's super ambitious about it, and I I didn't ever want to push her to do anything she didn't want to do. Because, I mean, the position I'm in, I can only imagine what her like actual process is yeah. doing this project and having like a newborn but uh right before right before she had the baby we talked about this happening and then even after it i was like if it's too much like i don't want to push you to do anything you don't want to do and she was like i'm still on board so i'm like all right we're gonna go for it then um so i mean i'm super lucky to have found her uh when we met i think it was like four ish years ago and it really just started with like hey you like brazilian music i like brazilian music we should play together sometime and it's from there it's just been like a partnership and one of my all-time favorite people to play with yeah and so i'm super happy that she didn't give up on it you know yeah and we get to we get to see this project through yeah but like i can't imagine like being responsible for keeping something other than myself alive and (laughs) and trying to make a record like hell yeah yeah do it yeah it's uh it's awesome yeah um really excited about it and also because like it was kind of a long time coming we had talked about doing a record pretty much since we met and it almost like we were both kind of feeling all right if we don't do it if we don't do this record i don't think we're ever gonna do it you know because there's always gonna be stuff in the way right there's always an excuse not to undertake a huge project right yeah so yeah um, even if it's poorly done (laughs) documenting is important when you have relationships like that how you like you just think you're excited about the same things yeah so even if like just using one of these zooms yeah making a record yeah someone who has the same interest as you because like i I don't know if she would feel exactly the same way but if you know i didn't have if I didn't have her in my life, I don't think I would have pursued this uh, area. Yeah. As much as I have, I think I would have been like more of just an enthusiast. Never, you know, I would call like a Joe Beams tune every once in a while and people would be like, oh, you, you like Brazilian music, don't you? And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, does, she, does she sing in Portuguese? Yeah. Is that her, where is she from? Uh, she's from Etobicoke, but I mean, uh, she's Italian and, um, she, 
I mean, she's just really good at learning from listening to records. And so much so that it's happened multiple times at, uh, at gigs where, uh, people will just launch and they'll start talking to her in Brazilian Portuguese and it'll be like three sentences in and she'll be like, I don't speak. (laughs) I don't speak Portuguese at all. That's crazy. And, and that's their response is like, really? (laughs) Because, because the way, the way she sings is, um, when she sings, people are like, Oh, you have like an accent from here in Brazil. It's like, she's, downloaded the information into her brain so efficiently that uh she's able to get even specific accents that's funny out of it so yeah i mean she's done she's done her homework and we also have uh helio he's our percussionist on the album and he's from brazil and so he helps out with if there ever is a little correction in the pronunciation of something then uh he's there to sort of nudge things in the right direction that's awesome also so like just a i guess it's a bit of an anomaly an anomaly the whole situation like angela went to went as well so to what just we went we, we happened to go to the same school together not quite at the same we had overlapping years but yeah. uh we weren't in the same year and um then so we met started building the band and then it was uh last year helio like brand new to canada just shows up to the rex with uh with pandero and is like hey can i play with you guys and um we said yeah invite him on stage and he's been a part of the project since sweet yeah that's how it works i guess so (laughs) yeah but like you know he didn't have to show up to our gig that night yeah and you could have said no and we could have said no because you know it's it's happened enough times where someone says like hey can can i come and like like play with you guys like no yeah we have have a set (laughs) we have a set arrangement of music you can't just show up that person is also the one that has like wine all over their shirt and they, oh, like, and they like fall down yeah. walking over to the stage <laughs> some people ask like oh can i can i get up and can i play your guitar for a song like at a show and i'm like like this it's the most ridiculous question ever it's <laughs> like you can't so i'm just gonna watch you a complete stranger you know you're just like no no way get out of here <laughs> Yeah. Uh, people are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps things interesting. For sure. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, I would almost be... I'm not sure if I would ever say yes to that. Yeah, it was... You know, you got to read someone in, like, really quickly, right? Yeah. And just the fact that he had that with him and yeah, we didn't have that part as a part of the band. And then, uh, he was, uh, he was just there. So that, that was why I said yes to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess if someone, 
I'm not saying like it could have it could have had it gone sideways. Uh, I think I would have just looked at it like another gig story. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty specific, I guess. It was specific enough that like, um, yeah, I, I felt like, yeah, this is probably like this some, is probably the real deal. One of my gigs, some Looney Tune that I don't know walks in with a trumpet. I'm just like, uh, yeah, no, nah, yeah. maybe not. But the, the situation of you specifically playing music that applies to the instrument that they walked in. Yeah, with. exactly. But I mean, I'm super, super lucky. Like, I, that just seems like luck to me. Yeah. You know? Because um, since then, you know, I've, I've played a few gigs with him and he's been so nice. Like, I went over to his place. Just, I was like, can you teach me some stuff? And he was very welcoming. And, uh, yeah. That's like the only real way music exists. Or not exists. It's the only real way music is actually passed on. Like schools that fabricated environment. But in real life, that's one of the yeah the few natural ways of passing on music. Like you, you just meet someone who is deeper into the process than you are, and you yeah yeah. Do you feel like you got that with your private lessons though? No, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, Any of them? Some of them here and there. Like I. Like I could be shown a lot of things, but right. Like I'm a like I'm totally in like I'm just so so much an an osmosis type learner, right? That I've almost never liked lessons. Hmm. Just like just information that I don't know what to do with, you know? Like yeah, just because someone tells me to practice. I almost feel like private lessons. That was sort of my. It was one of the few places I felt I was really learning. Maybe just because that, like that, the one-on-one atmosphere, and like I could steer it in any direction, or like the teacher might steer it in a direction. Uh, it felt really free in that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's definitely that that bond that you can have with someone. Lots of gunfire tonight yeah it's, uh, <laughs> happy birthday queen of <laughs> it's a holiday weekend holiday weekend <laughs> <laughs> it's like a losing battle like sometimes you're just playing <laughs> sometimes you're playing at home before a gig and then you get to a gig and you realize that like the top has moved and like the notes are in different places. <laughs> oh, okay. And you're like already so, yeah. out of tune. I can't quite even relate to this. Like on, yeah. my, on my instrument all that much. Yeah. My notes are always in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> like the strings are high. Like you get to a gig and the strings are higher. Yeah. The bass is choked. Mm-hmm. The, like the fucking weather. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So like, like I never like I have to see a bass player play out of tune so many times before i'm like they play out of tune you know like <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> like especially in the higher register like it's so hard to have a, a firm grasp on anything i mean okay that's yeah. a, but the amount of my heroes that i've heard play out of tune yeah it's just like 
such a battle you come to a point where you're just like this is it's the instrument right no (laughs) like there's no way like when i get if i'm ever in that position in the moment and i think man this instrument like that's the beginning of the end yeah oh I see, I, like I in see, the I moment I, it's always like shit i still can't play in tune man i hate myself <laughs> it's crazy it can get crazy like sometimes it's just a matter of really making sure your strings are in tune yeah just because of how much they can fluctuate on a gig right but sometimes it's just like the instrument has shifted yeah and the notes are in a different you know yeah but I mean, it's a beautiful life. <laughs> um, this has come up in in basically every. Uh, I I forced it on the last one. Okay. Just because it's been it came up on the other ones. But do you have a Mount Rushmore of guitar players? Oh yeah, this is a fun one because when I when I heard it when you and Jill talked about. It, you, you immediately think like, oh, what are my choices? Yeah. Right. Um, that being said, I guess I should be more prepared to answer this question. But um, you could have said no. <laughs> no, but it's 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 a it's a fun one to think of. Um, I. It's got to be. Just for composition's sake, Ginga has to be one of them. And like, I just, I just got so much from him. Um, for just creativity and like where, where he stood at the beginning of my just guitar enjoyment, I think I have to say Jimi Hendrix. And for like where uh, where I got to meet him on in my learning, I think I I got to put Bob Shields up there because he had such an impact on like no one had as much of uh like i i studied with him for three years and it was like formative years so i think he had so much of an influence on like i still hear his voice uh when i'm practicing or composing it's weird try and get as much out of his brain as i can every time i see him uh psycho brain just like such a crazy thinker like i mean i'm not saying that he's crazy yeah i'm saying it's like a great thinker is another is a word i should have yeah should have used yeah so much info yeah just a serious well of knowledge and uh yeah and then i mean there's four there's four right yeah and then i would i don't know make a superhuman out of a few other uh guitar players 
I'm I think I'm really realizing how much like Wayne Krantz and Osnoy how much they of an influence they had on my playing you know just that I think I think it's the idea of bringing together a bunch of different genres and just being like no rules just uh, this is we're just gonna do any whatever it doesn't yeah. matter you want to call it jazz sure call it that yeah you know like there are no no borders it's like they just went through and just gathered all this information they're like yep no rules allowed here it's just whatever we want it to be and i love that i, yeah. I think because like i started out playing blues and then got into jazz and uh you know there are other like the brazilian influence and it's all mixed in in my head somewhere right why stick to any one of them when i could have all like everything at the same time yeah so your your mount rushmore has five people in it yeah so (laughs) has yours changed at all since doing these uh not re- sort of yeah it's hard to make them all fit yeah and i think i'm realizing that i have i probably have an electric bass mount rushmore and an acoustic a that makes bass. sense yeah because like Mich- i mean michelle and digiocello she should be on both maybe yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it's tough to say general like no matter which way I slice it, Reggie Workman and Jimmy Garrison are on it. Yeah. And then the like the bench, so to speak, is like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie Scott LaFaro, George DeVivier, Michelle, Tim LaFave. Yeah. Um yeah, there's so and I feel like mine mine like changes the influence that like Derek Trex had on me earlier playing for sure. Um or even like uh have you heard Ben Monder's new album? Uh what's the new one? It's like Probably a solo not. solo guitar. No. After the second song, I believe, because he plays he plays standards on it. Um, where is it? Yeah, day after day, he plays standards on it, and the second song is Emily, and he, like his arrangement of it. I had I stopped listening to it after that I heard it and I was just like Jesus man I gotta get practicing <laughs> like it's <laughs> like it was it was like you know I've been following his career for a long yeah. time and then to hear something so fresh it was like it was so astounding yeah you know uh, do you have a is that so is that your favorite Monder record then favorite one 
probably my favorite one right now that I've been listening to. I like I like things that uh like when it's really like solo records. I really there's something so charming about them where um you know, like the intimacy of one instrument and just that I know because you're not writing for anyone else there's certain compositional or like arranging intimacy that you get with it it's almost like yeah like i like the idea of um almost getting to peek in on what they're what they're doing it was like hearing hearing them just work by themselves do you have other favorite solo records uh yeah like the bill evans alone one's really good i think a lot of people don't know that one um the lenny bro cabin fever one that one really is like a fly on the wall situation uh where they you know just left the recorder on and he just played like i don't think he played one song that was like a contained song because he just like floats into the next one and it's filled with false starts and errors and like misses. Mm -hmm. And then when, but there are like moments where you get to get to hear him and it's like, it's like the best thing I've ever heard. Or it's like, it's like the nicest, you know, most beautiful improvised thing. <clears throat> and you just just get to like peek in on on him being him. It's like just hearing him practice or something. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Solo records are great. Um, a great one. Bass one just came out by In- Ingebright Hockerflatten. I don't know how you say his name, but he just put out a tremendous solo bass record. Okay. And it's like, I feel like there's a lot of, a big problem for me with a lot of improvised musics and jazz musics and whatever people on the more aggressive side is like, a lot of people think that to push the limits of music, you have to attempt to break your instrument. Okay. Now that's obviously a very like, it's oversimplification. Yeah. But, uh, this Ingebert, In, Inge, Ingebreit Hockerflatten. That's it. That's a hundred percent how he, <laughs> that's how he says it. Uh, this record is like, it approaches the, the aggressive side to bass playing, but sure. it also just like stretches in other ways that I found very refreshing and it's live. Cool. Uh, did you hear the Bill Frizzell one? Music is. Yes. A while ago though. I haven't been actively listening to it, but now that you remind me of it, I'll listen to it again. I don't think I've heard it yet. I mean, it's, it's Bill Frizzell. Right, can't like, lose, can't lose, and like, 
I mean, before it before it came out, if you're like, hey, Bill Frizzell's going to come out with a solo record, first of all, I'd be like, sweet. I will definitely listen to it. And then you can also kind of imagine what it was going to sound like, right? He's had, like, I am not saying this in any negative way, but he's had, like, a sound throughout his whole career. And it's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, when I listened to the record, it wasn't... Um, it was it was what I wanted to hear. It was it was just Bill, you know. It sounds awesome. Love it. That's another crazy interesting aspect of this whole thing. It's almost like if you find like you almost don't want to find what you're looking for. Because <laughs> you're talking about like it's almost like a strong flavor, right? You add it to any kind of recipe and you're like that's i can like you add cinnamon to something and you're just like yep <laughs> it's the, in there it's there 100 percent, right is that yeah. is that kind of what you mean yeah to i mean i think that's a good that's a good thing yeah it's always a good thing i don't know literally the last thing that i want to do in any scenario on microphone or off microphone is imply that I think there's something not good about Bill Frizzell. That's like last on the list. (laughs) However, the way that you presented the information was like, Oh yeah, I guess you, I guess. Yeah. What happens when you sound great the whole time? Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> you're like, you know, if you're like Bill Frizzell's coming out with the solo record, I'd be like, it's probably going to sound really good. Yeah, and it's, it's going to sound like Bill Frizzell. Fucking perfect record. Yeah. You don't even have to put it on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we can just imagine how perfect it is. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, Those first early on when he's like playing with distortion and an SG yeah is wild and yeah. I like I sort of forget sometimes and I, I forget like, too yeah. I stumble into like a YouTube spiral yeah of him playing with like palm motion I think oh yeah I don't know what time, what time was it oh did you see this the Heinz mayo chup thing <laughs> no what is it so Heinz put out this product that is mayo and ketchup mayonnaise and ketchup in the same bottle oh yeah mayo chup yep uh in cree it translates to shit is on my face <laughs> <laughs> and this is a national post article that i'm quoting right yeah this is where we're at this is where I- <laughs> have you have you ever done that for a sandwich mix those two like like you put like one on one side of the bread and one on the other like they would mix i mostly don't like either of those condiments who knows maybe i'm way maybe i'm way off the mark maybe combining two things that i don't really like is the exact recipe that i need in my life probably not though who knows (laughs) what's your favorite condiment i don't know like barbecue sauce 
barbecue sauce, a condiment you can hang your hat on. Yeah. I still haven't figured out how to end these. I don't know. Mu- isn't must- mustard? Most people like mustard, right? <laughs>